What is going on everybody and welcome back to Salty Run Back here to be your weekly intake of North American Developmental League of Legends. We've kind of finally almost made it to the end of the spring split. Things get kind of weird because Celo is in the middle of everything, but the Pro Relegation Tournament has finally ended, and we have three qualifier teams that promoted their way into the LCS Challengers League for the summer split. Unfortunately, we have to say goodbye to our LCS provisional teams. We'll have some discussions about them, uh, and CeeLo also finishing up their first weekend of play, so a lot of actual League of Legends to, to talk about this week. My name is Graves, oh. I'm joined alongside Hawk. As usual, Hawk, we made it! End of the road, spring split! basically over at this point it was a long and arduous road but a very very fun one i know by the end i was dying with schoolwork and could hardly watch any of the games but i heard a lot of them were bangers and now grapes i am three weeks away from graduating from college and wow. we'll have lots of time to watch league of legends over the summer and i'm excited for the future because our qualifier teams did it baby woo <laughs> It's so crazy. I was not expecting three of our qualifier teams to make it in. I thought, yeah, Maryville has a good shot. Maybe one of the other ones do. Three? And the, the third one that made it in. I mean, we're going to talk about that as our first headline. Yeah. Wow. Just not exactly what we had on our docket. But we, of course... Um, are nearing the end of spring. We may or may not have another episode coming out next week, depending on what we can gather for an interview. Um, also, just, of course, a lot of moving pieces with uh, with the uh, semesters for school coming to a close and maybe a bit of a slower news cycle. So we'll feel it out. If there's stuff to talk about, we're going to be here to talk about it. Uh, and, of course, uh, we were on the CLO broadcast, both of us, last weekend as well. We may or may not be on that again for next week. We'll we'll see. We'll, we'll keep you guys updated. But who knows? <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of fun. We got to. We still got to to cover some league this week. Yeah, I know it was great. Uh, my my matches were all pretty one sided on the Sunday broadcast, unfortunately. But it was still a lot of fun getting to cover collegiate. Uh, you know, it's always it's always a good time down there, and it's only sure to heat up with the action as we approach round of 16 and beyond. Yeah, we got a little bit of promotion recap and a little bit of CLO preview coming your way for our headlines. So, I don't know, we can just jump right into things here. We got five hot topics to discuss, and the first one, of course, is about the promotion relegation tournament. Um, two things that I think both of us were not expecting ended up happening. Supernova <laughs> promoted into the NACL, and FlyFam got eliminated rather quickly, falling in a 2-0 fashion in the lower bracket uh, to Team Liquid first after getting 2-0'd by Tony Top. So not winning a single game throughout the entire tournament. They are out of the LCS Challengers League. Hawk, which one of these two events was more surprising to you? Yeah, so coming into the promotion relegation tournament on multiple podcasts, I uh, power ranked FlyFam second, and I power ranked Supernova eighth. Now, by the power of math and just my brain, Supernova promoting is by far way more surprising. Shout out to Supernova. The kings, the, the guardians of amateur, they fucking did it, baby. Look. FlyFam coming in, I was pretty sure they would not demote, and I'm I am, am very surprised uh, that they did fall down. However, I did still feel like there was a world because I thought that teams like Team Fish Taco and Tony Top were pretty damn strong, so it wouldn't have been completely out of left field. I honestly held zero hope for Supernova. I thought they were an entire like tier below everybody else in the tournament, even Team Liquid First and Last Dance. Like this was. 
not the result I was expecting whatsoever. And I mean, massive congratulations to them. Everybody stepped up and they completely deserve it. Dragoon, you fucking did it, dude. You deserve to be as happy as you were. And, and I just, I was not expecting it and I cannot be happier for them. Dude, that Dragoon interview. That oh was, my God. I, I was tearing up boy, watching that. He was, I mean, that's what it's all about, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, we, we actually ran a graphic while I was on the show while Supernova was playing in the lower, in the lower bracket. Um, just giving a lot of praise towards his accomplishments in the Tier 3 scene. Time in Dignitas Mirage and then over on No Team and Fear. And always seems really, really close to making it into that next day, step. Uh, and for some reason has not been given that opportunity uh, for the last couple of years and had to do it the old fashioned way it seemed. And he really, of course, had a, had a great time. The, the game three Darius against the last dance lock in. I, I really love how Supernova put a lot of faith into Dragoon in the moments that it mattered most. I, you know, he played a lot of weak side games throughout the qualifiers, had a lot of Cassante and, and Orin and things like that. Uh, but, you know, lost that first game to last dance. Mordekaiser game two, you know, and and then the Darius Hell game yeah. three, they won both of them, and then got a lot of carry picks in that Team Fish Taco matchup as well. Uh, and it must feel so good for him, and just for the rest of the team as well. I'm gonna have to agree with you here. I I, feel, I thought that there was a world where you know Taco or Tony could go up and, and surprise Flyfam a little bit. I was a little bit, I was definitely disappointed in the way that Flyfam did drop the series. It seemed that. Um, a lot of their drafts just really weren't up to snuff, especially against Tony yeah. Top, where they gave him jacks two games in a row and put Lunacia on tanks twice. Uh, there was something just a little bit disjointed about how that team functioned throughout the event, and it was sad to see them kind of bow out in such a unceremonious way because it, they definitely were on the up and up throughout the last half of the season, especially when Hyper came in. Yeah, definitely. I it, it, It's tough to see FlyFam go for sure. I, I know I, coming into the split, was really excited about that roster, but things just didn't really pan out for him, you know? And I, I mean, I hope I see all the players coming back. I, I would be honestly pretty surprised if it's under the fly fam banner. Maybe it will be. Um, but, uh, I mean, all, a lot of really great players on the team and I'm sure that they can bounce back given the right environment just definitely was not their tournament and or anything. But I mean, just to, again, speak to the, just the answer of this question, right? Like I would not have like, I, if I, I'm more surprised that it's supernova, because if FlyFam didn't promote right, I would have expected somebody else like we were saying. So the fact that not only Supernova promoted, but also uh, FlyFam demoted, like, it just, it was crazy. So, I mean, yeah, uh, Fly Supernova from the top rope, dude, surprised everyone. <laughs> Yeah, looked looked pretty good, and I'm excited to see the brand, of course, and the players in the league next summer. Let's take a look at our next question, which I guess is a little bit similar, which is our uh, discussion about Oopsies. some of the best promotion relegation players throughout the entire tournament. Maybe a little bit of a spoiler um, there <laughs> for that headline for um, a little bit later switched. on in the show, but we have, of course, a lot of players that promoted, some players that didn't. Hawk, who's, who are some people that stood out to you? I mean, look... We've had a lot of banter going back and forth. Levitate and Snow 2, baby. Pentakill in the bottom lane. Taking down Team Fish Taco. Promoting straight into the NACL. They were fucking on fire, man. I When we were coming to this tournament, I was talking about the top side. Tony Top and, uh, and Wallflower being the big carries. But, I mean, Levitate and Snow 2, they stepped the hell up. And, I mean, honestly, I probably didn't give them enough credit. They had a great split overall. But, I mean... 
they came and played when the time mattered most and are a huge reason why this team promoted. So you're just you're just trying to win their favor back. I'm right trying now. to. That's I'm, all. I, that's I all know, that's happening I'm, right now. They're, like they're watching this like right this, now, and like you know, like they, guys, they know please take me back. Levitators know that you know what's up. Hawk, Hawk, know, he, yeah. he really he doesn't mean it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they they looked really good. I, I think the rest of the team kind of worked around them as well. Wallflower, oh, I think, yeah. went back to kind of that form that he was in in the first qualifier, where he was really active around the map, especially um, in. You know the the first series that they had against FlyFam. I thought that Wallflower had a really good series. Um, and yeah, Levitating Snow really really showed up. All the broadcast, uh, all the people on the like NACL side that like haven't watched uh, these guys like were really really hyping uh, those those two up, especially because we haven't really seen them before at this level of play. Uh, and yeah, had a, had a really good performance. I'm gonna give some love first to Quacker on the side of AOE, sure. coming in as a substitute, uh, and I think performing pretty admirably, especially in that five-game brawl that they had against Maryville University to, to get themselves into the NACL. Um, definitely had his, tar his champion pool targeted a little bit. Niles had some incredible games that series, but when it came down to it, Quacker, you know, he hunkered down. He he really performed well, um, and I got to give him some credit here uh, in that sense. And uh, one one more shout out as well. Of course, we talked about Supernova a little bit, but Kisnum and Onat coming together, this young rookie mid jungle duo. We talked about it a lot on the broadcast this week, but man, they really just showed up this yeah. week and. Uh, Kisno specifically. I know I talked to Onat a little bit, and he said, you know, we're working together and trying to um, improve our synergy, and, and they really, really stepped it up. Dude, I mean, Kisno, what a debut split. How about that? Promoting into the NACL, and, I mean, being an X Factor on all the teams, I know I know. with Supernova coming into this, this tournament, we still thought he'd be a weak link, but... Definitely stepped up. I mean, if we're talking about standout performances, just as far as expectations versus reality, like, what a difference. So, I mean, Kisno definitely deserving of a shout-out, and I always like shouting out junglers, too, because, you know, they get flamed all the time, right? They they deserve a little love. So, Kisno, you get the love. You deserve it, buddy. I'm trying to think of a standout player for Maryville, but it kind of was just everyone, Mary that whole Maryville's series. just fucking good. Like, I, you yeah. know, like... Like, like, everyone played, everyone, like, played well, like, in, in their yeah, own moments. Just, I think, just, yeah. They're just good. Niles Niles did have a really good series against AOE. That was a that was the one that was on the desk for. He was yeah. he was he was really really good. So I'll, okay, I'll give I'll give Niles some love here for sure. Um, let's move on to of course uh, maybe a little bit of a, a less optimistic tone as we just promoted some teams in the NACL. Uh, there might be some other ones trying to get their way out of here. In an interview with Travis Gafford, uh, Riot president of esports operations, John Needham alluded to the fact that. All of the ten LCS owners requested to not have not be required to have challenger spots in the NACL for this summer. There's a lot of reasons for this. Of course, esports kind of on the economic downturn as of late, and and teams have been trying to to find places to save some money where they can. Hawk, how do we feel about this? Because it's not necessarily a terrible thing, but it is a little bit concerning when you think about it in the long run. I, yeah, I, uh, so, so just to add a couple caveats as well, as I always do with these questions, um, some owners have come out and said that this doesn't necessarily mean that they would get rid of their challengers team, just that they don't want to be required to. Like I think C9 Jack said we would keep our C9 challengers. For example, um, also that doesn't mean this is happening. It just means that the owners want it to happen. So who knows? Right. Um, 
with all that being said, I mean, look, I think this sucks, and I know I'm biased because we're we're the guys that sit here and talk about NAC all the time. But I, I do think this would hurt the scene a lot. I just think that the fewer teams there are that are helping players and giving them exposure and putting money into the scene, the more it's actually going to die faster. I know that's not to say it's dying. I don't. I, I think people a lot of times overblow like, oh, League is dying, LCS is dying. Like, no, it's downsizing. And that sometimes is healthy for a scene to be able to grow again, right? Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's a bummer, uh, and I, I really hope this doesn't happen because, um, look, I know a lot of a lot of LCS orgs don't really use their challengers rosters, but that doesn't mean they shouldn't exist. I guess is sort of my uh, my two cents on that. Yeah, I first of all, again, want to just follow up and, and agree with you there in the fact that there will definitely still be um, some LCS teams with challengers rosters. That that's not going to necessarily 100% go away with every single team. Uh, also, I'm like 99% sure that there will still be 16 teams in the league next year. I'm, it just it, kind of yeah, will depend sure. on if some teams drop, uh, some other groups, uh, independent organizations probably would step in. And maybe the league landscape looks a little bit different, but there's still going to be 16 teams. And I find it very hard to believe that Riot will change the format so quickly, especially right. and, and, after overall NACL went split, pretty well. It would probably be the same, I would yeah. guess. Like, I doubt there's a any change would probably be for 2024 at the earliest. So we're talking way down the line. Yeah. And in terms of budget, it's not a lot compared to especially what different LCS organizations pay like for their main teams and for their training facilities and for whatever else and whoever else other streamers that their organizations end up signing and things like that but uh it, it is like you know five or six like league love league minimum level salaries which is a lot of money in California especially so I can understand where the teams are kind of coming from um, however, of course, this is going to suck for, for players and, you know, giving them that opportunity to, to go out and, and live in L.A. Cubby had a really good point on Hotline League the other day where he said that this is not just, of course, for training players to, like, be better at League of Legends. It's training them to also be pro players as well, yeah, follow the pro true. player routine, living in L.A., you know, scrimming every day, having teammates and, th and things like that. Um, so that's definitely going to take a hit if this change actually does end up coming through. Uh, the best we can hope for is that, of course, there are passionate individuals and passionate orgs that come in and, and try their best to, to help the development of these young players and give them opportunities. You know, or teams like Fear, who, you know, rented out an entire house for their players and, and things like that. Um, I just think that the landscape will probably look a little bit different. I'm not really sure what it is going to be, but I would not be surprised to see this requirement be lifted i'm just kind of surprised that it happened in, like between splits you know this kind of seems like a, a between year kind of thing right yeah i i i agree with you um well I, we'll have to wait and see what happens i i just really hope riot doesn't act super hastily on this because um like i i think the worst thing that could happen for the scene right is if it happened suddenly and then there wasn't really those teams to fill the void like you said but if it happened over an off season you know i think again eventually like the scene would recover and grow again and probably grow to be stronger but i i mean yeah i think i think lcs orgs at least for the time being should should have to maintain their challengers rosters just because like like you know every every nfl team needs a practice squad right like same thing here you know you've got to have i think it just makes sense to be able to to have a team uh in this year two league so yeah, especially after you, if you if you're signing people for a full year, just like axing them halfway through that that always yeah, sucks. Yeah, that'd be and really so, good. I I, yeah. I would expect that if anything changes, it'd be for 2024. 
That, that's my guess. But I'm also completely uninformed. So, yeah, it, it's a different format. But also, uh, an interesting thing is that Europe, uh, all the LEC teams also voted for this rule, uh, and teams like Fnatic, XL, they still have their um, L, like ERL teams. Of course, it's a very very different system, and like. Maybe we're going towards something like that where independent organizations can actually prosper. I don't really see how that works and functions in this current yeah. landscape, but maybe there are changes in the future that would allow that to happen. But if you don't have anything else to talk about with that, we just are going to have to wait and yeah. see, unfortunately, for the summer split. And we can talk about some collegiate that happened this weekend. Of course, the round of 32, 16 best of threes all took place over the last couple of days, the last Saturday and Sunday. Hawk and I had the privilege of being on some of those streams. What was the most exciting moment that you had? Oh, wait, I messed that up. Um, <laughs> we, can we, we can switch up if you wait. want. No, no, it's, it's all right. We can, we can, right, we can yeah, go yeah, this we'll one. Go right now. We'll what's what's okay, the most yeah. hype top 16 matchup that you are looking forward to watching for next week? I got that right. I nailed it. <laughs> you, you nailed it. Don't worry. Uh, so to me, there are two that are very clearly uh, the most hype. One, Northwood against Ole Miss. I think that's going to be a banger. Uh, two very, very good teams that were – um, sort of in like the the middle, like a cut below the best teams in their conference, but still very very good. And then also Waterloo against Bethany, who is you know the one of the top four teams from the North Conference against a lot of people's Cinderella in the University of Waterloo. So I think these two matchups are definitely the ones everyone should have their eyes on. That doesn't mean there aren't other ones that should be exciting as well, especially as we hurdle closer and closer to the finals but those are the ones that i think are going to be big fireworks and are between teams that not just have the potential to win this current match but also contend in their quarterfinals match for whoever wins yeah northwood struggling a little bit in their series against florida southern you know they okay. had a couple of a couple of hiccups a here and there word yeah and Game one lasted a while, I will say. Game one, yeah. look, game one was really long, but there was not any moments where I really thought they were going to lose. And I got flamed in the Twitch chat for this, too. Oh, my God, it was really funny. I, I was watching the VOD <laughs> back, and someone was like, why are the casters meat-riding Northwood? And it's like, maybe because they're winning the fucking series 2-0. Anyway. <laughs> Damn. We're just uh, we're, we're, calling, we're calling people out right now on the show. Yeah, That's great. I am calling people out on the show. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Um... Anyway, sorry. I'm, so, I'm a salty cast. I'm a salty, uh, salty streamer right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, Northwood. I don't think they really struggled, but yeah, I mean, it did take a while. They struggled compared to like the 20 minute demolitions I was seeing the rest of the day. Yeah, uh, Ole Miss as well on the other on the other side uh, did actually drop a game to Cleary. They dropped their first game. Cleary. Yeah. team that I mentioned could have been a bit of a Cinderella story if they were able to get past Ole Miss. Unfortunately, uh, not the case there as, of course, Legacy on AD, uh, in that ADC position really pulled through in that game three. Um, I have a couple of other matchups that I want to look at here, and I want to gauge your interest on this. Okay. Uh, I have St. Clair versus ISU as being an interesting one. We we talked about St. Clair, of course, being a maybe a potential sleeper or a favorite, but ISU, they're, they're still Illinois State University, you know what I mean? Like, they have some some really solid players top to bottom. I think that, uh, who is it, Disconnector, had, like, a pretty good series overall um, in, in their matchup against Grandview. Uh, and St. Clair, their first game looked a little bit rocky. Maybe it just was 
nerves or, or or something but it seemed like they were never really on the same page and they kind of just brute forced their way to a win in a way but i think i think that could be an interesting matchup as well yeah. um and and my uh, other one here go ahead go ahead uh, we yeah. each had i guess we kind of are bringing two to the table i have winter versus harrisburg actually as being a, a, that's a, good, that's a maybe that interesting matchup as well Harrisburg versus Ohio State was a was a game that I personally thought was going to be pretty close. Harrisburg looked a little bit shaky throughout the end of their Eastern Conference playoff run, uh, but they really came to play up against OSU. They were a little over-aggressive. They maybe tried to over-index on the Camp Five Fire uh, train in game number one, but afterwards they, they were really, really good in the early game as they usually were, uh, and they also were able to take the leads that they had and actually turn them into sub-25-minute wins or sub-30-minute wins both times, which is not something that we've seen from them. Uh, so, you know, Winthrop looked pretty solid overall, but who knows? This, this could be a series I, I have my eyes on. Yeah, it totally could be. You know, to to speak on St. Clair ISU, given that I just never know what to expect from ISU ever, I think this will be a good series. Because they are simultaneously the best collegiate team in the world and the worst collegiate team in the world, and nobody knows. I'm pretty sure it went that way in their series against Grandview, where they were, for one game, the worst collegiate team in the world, and for two games, the best one in the world. So... I mean, that that logic alone makes me believe that, yeah, this will be a pretty exciting series. I do think St. Clair should be pretty heavily favored, but I would not be surprised if ISU at least gave them a run for their money. Um, I, I would be pretty surprised if ISU won, though. I won't lie. I, I don't think ISU will win. I agree with you on Harrisburg-Winthrop, though. Similar situation. I'd be pretty surprised if Harrisburg won, but Winthrop is also a team that I will say they have actually struggled in their early games. Uh more so than some of the other teams in collegiate. So Harrisburg could be a tough matchup for them. I just know at least early on into the game, a lot of times they really rely on frost forest to generate plays for them uh, And a team like Harrisburg. They're much more willing to just bring the whole party and uh, you don't get to pick whether or not you want to show up because the party's coming to you. So um, yeah, Harrisburg also like, like you said, looked shaky at the end of their playoffs, kind of, kind of choked their way out a little early, still got seated as high as they possibly could be. So uh, I would agree. I, I think I think Winthrop is definitely not safe at all, and they should not rest on their laurels. Yeah, and they have Waterloo versus Bethany afterwards as well. And uh, I guess we, I didn't really get as my we said, yeah, yeah. I didn't really get the chance to to tag on a, as much to this matchup, but it is interesting that they both dropped the game, uh, which yeah, you know, maybe or may not have been super expected and. Of course, the other matchups, Maryville versus McMaster, St. Louis versus UC San Diego, UST versus York, Fisher versus Ottawa. Eh, you know, probably more one-sided than the other, but I, I did like the opportunity to talk about these four games specifically. So yeah. uh, I guess we can move on to our last headline if you don't have anything else to say about uh, the round of 16. And we can talk about the round of 32 instead, the games that did happen over these past couple of days. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of League of Legends to to parse through here, Hawk. But w what was one of the what was one of your highlights from from the weekend? I mean, Ottawa taking down UCI, the West XD man. Like that's that's fucking awesome. I know you're the MEC guy. Maybe I I stole yours. Ah, yeah, yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah, that was really awesome. Uh, and and shout outs to Ottawa for showing up big time. Um, I know a lot of people were actually kind of saying MEC might be pretty good this year. Well, MEC uh, looking pretty good this year. Uh, unfortunately, GVU couldn't get it done against ISU, but uh, UCI as well. I mean, Graves, all things considered, very, very disappointing year for UCI. Uh, 
not making NACLQ group stage, going out in top 32 of CeeLo. Like, that is... I don't think it's the look that this team wanted to have. Yeah, but the caliber of players that are on that team, definitely not. And it just seemed like they were a little bit dis disjointed throughout the whole series. I don't think Mike something, Young played his best yeah. in that best of three. Um, I will say Trickster put his big boy pants on and really carried Ottawa throughout that series. And uh, Coda as well in the support role, role swapping down uh, was a really cool thing to watch. Uh, yeah, shout out to Ottawa. My favorite moment, my favorite, best, big, my biggest highlight. There was oh shoot there was a game that like ended with like a like a backdoor double, double oh. TP backdoor I don't remember which one it was um no, I'm trying to think because yeah, you're I, right that one of them did exist um I I will say though like in in other news that like Illinois State two one in Grandview uh was a really fun series as well I was just I actually had that tuned in after my stream was over for uh that game three uh and ISU really played well. Uh, it's very interesting. Both of the West and MEC had their one seeds eliminated and their two seeds moving on, uh, yeah. which is which is pretty fun. Against stiffer competition, are you know because they were a lower seed too. Interestingly, uh, just uh, the the upsets were happening. Yeah, UC San Diego also. I mean, talking about the West, really played well against Western. They did. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. Like Lynx got really hard gapped in, or not gapped but hard camped in game number one uh and then in game number two they decided to play him support and then i, I don't know exactly what the reason I, behind I, that was but i turned into your all's game two after i finished my stream and that was like i was like what the f I, I dm'd you on <laughs> discord and i'm like yo why is links at support right now and you're like i don't know it doesn't look good though <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Western, uh, they they definitely, I don't think they had the year that they wanted either. Uh, the, the departure of a lot of their higher caliber players, only leaving links, I think teams just sort of identified like, hey, let's just attack this guy, and it's, uh, yeah. it's a tough, tough life. Uh, more of a fun highlight is that Winthrop versus Farmingdale, um, Kenji and Frost Forest, like both, like, really hard limit tested the first five minutes of game number one and it was like five nothing Farmingdale in like the <laughs> to start the first game uh Winthrop won in like 23 minutes but it, it was funny it's just like uh, oh no like that's it's U gonna be UST, one of these Winthrop games UST against uh Butler did the exact same thing Dardock in game two picked Nautilus jungle and absolutely oh, ran God. it down for 10 minutes and then <laughs> and then like they won the game like I mean, like, like, like level five Nautilus trying to solo dragon kind of ran it down. Like it was, it's, it's questionable. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason that they're the one seeds and, and the reason that Butler was one of the eight seeds as well. So yes. yeah, unfortunate for them, but Hey, maybe they had a couple of shining moments at, throughout at least one of their games, but that's going to do it for our headlines for this week. Got some sea lull talk, got some promotion relegation talk. Also got to, uh, be a little bit doomer about the space as a whole as we always love to do every once in a while of but of course um heading into our second part of the show we're gonna do a little q a so we'll see you in a bit we've more or less reached the end of the split here and we thought it would be a good time to ask some of our viewers questions about yeah you know, what they thought about uh, uh nacl hearing 
our thoughts about specific things and maybe getting a little bit fun at, with it at the end of the day as well. We sent that a poll on our Twitter a little bit earlier today on the day that we're recording this. You can follow us at Salty Runback Pod. Uh, and we got some nice responses, Hawk. Some some friends at the show yeah. and, and some friends of ours as well. Uh, and we got we got some we got some cool stuff to talk about. Of course, we always love our fans. We're glad that we got uh, some great questions. Honestly, a lot of really insightful ones also a lot of very flattering ones so you know we got we got we got a good mix okay well it's gonna get a little <laughs> wild here i think as uh yeah we had the we had the pull up maybe we had the we had the pull up maybe for a little bit too long but uh we can start off with our, our first question here uh from salt mine podcast member tds who asks do you think the success shown by qualified teams is something that can be replicated in the near future or is it an occurrence that won't happen again in quite a while yeah, and uh, I mean, off the bat, TDS, this is a really interesting question because, I mean, the short answer for me, at least, is I don't know uh, whether or not this will be something that's replicated, but I'm led to believe, yes, I would think that this is proof that the promotion relegation tournament will be impossible to predict uh, going forward because the amateur space is always so tumultuous and has so many changes and feels like who, sometimes whoever wins is just whoever woke up on the right side of the bed that day. And so that is what leads me to believe that uh, I do think that this isn't just like, oh, we had the wrong team start in, in NACL. Maybe that's the case, but I also think that like there's nothing that leads me to believe that Supernova, Tony Top, Team Fish Taco are safe, maybe even Maryville, you know? So, yeah, I, I think this could be replicated in the future. I think a lot of this actually comes down to the question of whether or not um, like challenger fixed teams are still going to exist going into next year and beyond. Because if you have like your secure spot as like a challenger team, you can maybe experiment a little bit more, go really deep into player development. Whereas these other teams now, like Fear, Wildcard, and, and now some of these new promoted teams in as well, uh, are going to be really incentivized to win because they don't want to have their spot up for relegation. I do think, though, that there's always players that kind of fall through the fall through the cracks every season that will like somehow be left off of a spot. Players like, of course, Dragoon and you know Sudsy, Wallflower, Tony Top, and and the like, um, and a lot of them ended up forming together and and making it a team that. You know, came up and, and promoted. So I would not be surprised to see like super teams every year formed in the qualifiers, like we saw, oh, yeah. uh, and and really take, uh, yeah, really really challenge some of these other other teams. But I I do also think it kind of uh, has to be mixed in with the fact that yeah, the the the, the league might look a little different coming in, and, and maybe there isn't like a provisional team fixed team thing at all. Uh, you know, given some of the stuff that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah. All right, that that's the answer to that one. We want to move on to the next one. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh. Let's great, move on. great question, TDS. Judge, yeah. Like, that, that's an interesting thought. I, I I will be curious to watch future promotion relegations and see like if we consider say Supernova to be an overwhelming favorite or not. I kind of want to see a world where if LCS teams aren't required to have spots, then like their challenger teams can get relegated. I think that would make things pretty interesting. I agree. I think that would make things interesting. <laughs> that is a, definitely a conversation for another day, but I, I think that would be very interesting. All right, let's move on. Our guy, Yanni, 
fellow caster, Seelol broadcaster as well, uh, asked a couple of questions here. So we'll go through some of them one by one. Uh, first, do you think that Team Fish Taco were robbed a bit by the format since they only lost to qualifier teams? What are your over-under season wins for these new teams, assuming all rosters stay the same? Uh, and what is your god squad for the summer OQ? So kind of that <laughs> what we were alluding to a little bit earlier. Hawk, do you want to start off with, with this first question? Yeah, uh, th this first question is so funny to me because absolutely not. They could have beat Tony Topper fucking Supernova and made it into the NACL. They had their chance. They they botched it. And, like, theoretically, the provisional teams should be the favorites. So, theoretically, dodging the provisional teams, actually not having to play AOE, <laughs> who would have been scarier, is good for them. So, I, I think Team Fish Taco absolutely had their chance and they fumbled the bag. Like, sorry, man. Uh they didn't get they the only thing they screwed was themselves so yeah uh if you're thinking like oh team fish taco actually is a top four team because that's the argument that you're making if you said that they were maybe robbed a little bit by the format you have to put them above at least one of the teams that one actually of the teams that they relegated or qualified to, back yeah. into the nacl and yeah. those four are aoe which i think probably not uh considering the fact that they smashed through um supernova and then they beat Maryville. Uh Maryville, I don't think so either. I'm no. pretty I mean, there there was that series where Team Fish Taco did 2-0 Maryville and so maybe if they were put into a, a matchup that they that could have happened. Um and yeah, you know, Tony Top and and Supernova you should have just beat them if you wanted yeah. to actually make their way in. Um so maybe Maryville is like a is like a question mark because they did actually uh, they actually were the last team to make it in. So even though we had them as like one of our favorites, they were the last day uh, entrance. So you, you can true. make an argument there. Um, I do think the format was a little bit weird because it felt kind of, I don't know, like one half of the bracket, it, like not lopsided, but just like weirdly like... There wasn't a weighted. lot of like cross. There wasn't a lot of crossover between the teams. If that yeah, makes sense. And, like, and also yeah. the fact that like in the second round it was the first place provisional team against the first place qualifier team in Maryville versus AOE because it's like one versus five. Like that's just kind of how numbers work. Um, assuming that all of the provisional teams are supposed to be seated better than all of the qualifier teams. Spoiler alert: they they weren't. But um, yeah, I I thought that yeah. Overall, it was weird I mean, that, A, we had Maryville. We had, like, the best teams and, like, the worst teams in that same half of the bracket and, like, Maryville AOE and then, you know, theoretically, Last Dance Supernova. Yeah, my, my hot take here as well. I actually think Team Fish Taco was gifted promotion on a silver platter by the format, and they they botched it because, again, they didn't play AOE or Maryville, who I think were by far the two best teams. They had their chance against against TFT, or, uh, uh, sorry, D and Tony Top and... Uh, supernova and i think they were not able to convert and if you can't convert on that then tough <laughs> you know like that's tough uh and, and I, I hope to see them bounce back next split with a similar roster or something like that because i think they're a great team um and i i don't want to like rag on them too much but i i really think they actually given the format had a great shot and they couldn't make it happen yeah it was weird because i thought they had a they had a great series against uh teal first and then kind of just didn't look good after that especially yeah. against uh supernova which of course was a team that they beat time after yeah. time uh back in the qualifiers uh over under for each of these teams i kind of think of it more as like where would i place them like in yeah. the standings and like wins yeah. um i think maryville are gonna hover somewhere around the middle of the pack somewhere with aoe and wild card kind of in a mm -hmm. way like that nine through twelve maybe like seven through 12 kind of area. Um, I think that Tony top 
could have a high could have like a peak at around there and if not like they'll probably be like maybe towards like the bottom ish instead uh and and maybe similar for supernova if all the rosters stay the same i think that tony and supernova probably are in the bottom half but i could see worlds where they're like closer to the top of the bottom half yeah uh completely in agreement i i think i think maryville will be right around aoe at that like 10th place range and i think i honestly i'm so hyped for supernova however i still think they're gonna be like a clg faith i think i oh i don't, don't know about that bad though why is that the roster is better than than clg faith okay who goes 16 then I mean, like, I think that they could... There's a world where they go 16. I don't think it's a world where they win just one game. I think they take more than one. Like, that's, also, okay, that's, that's throughout all, I, all the teams. I, yeah, I'll take that. Um, I, I, do, I do think Supernova finishes 16. And Tony Top, I'm with you. I would see them in, like, the 12 to 15 range where... Or there's, like, a weird world where I feel like this team is the Cincinnati Fear. I, yeah. I don't know why. I, I can kind of see that, honestly. This, this team has just... I think gotten so much better over the course of the split, like so much better. And they clearly really love playing with each other and have a great team environment as well. So there is like this weird world where like, if maybe someone with some money comes in and like takes them under their wing, like maybe Tony top is actually really good, but I, yeah, I would put them maybe like 13th. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, by the way, if again, if there are any sponsors out there, please sponsor this team. Yes, um, if you got money, throw if they it, are throw if they're playing NACL for free, I will I will throw a riot. Although I do, of course, <laughs> love love the logo. God Squad for the summer OQs. That's an interesting one. I feel like it's so hard yeah. to tell, especially because I think that there are going to be like promotions and demotions as well. Um, off the top of my head, if we're just going off of like players that are not currently like on rosters in the NACL, I guess like. Surdy, Griffin. Yeah, Surdy. Oh, um, right, Griffin. In the mid lane, maybe like Robbie Bob. Or me messages, messages. Oh, messages is a good one as well. Yeah. ADC. Oh gosh. And then, I don't know. Maybe ADC. maybe maybe I just go maybe I just go Aaron and Pluto for fun. Oh, Rock Boom, Rock Boom at ADC. I'll go Aaron and Pluto. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Aaron and Pluto is fine too. That your 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 boys. I'll yeah, I'll yeah. go Rock Boom at ADC. Like someone someone put him on a team. Adaption as well. I mean, good support. Um, yeah, that's the rapid fire. I don't think we need to spend much time on that question, but those <laughs> those are like players that are probably going to be really good. <laughs> yeah, let's uh let's head over to uh at Numi or at Numi goes roars potentially Angie from the NAMN podcast. Uh, asked a lot of questions. We're going to focus on three of them here because some of them were either answered earlier on in the show or will be answered a little bit later. Uh, first, what was the most surprising thing that happened in NACLQ? Uh, two logo tier list and and three. Who's got the better hair? I I want to go to this first one. Uh, this is last one first here. Um, because I was not expecting to answer this, and we actually got a lot of comments that are similar. A lot to this of people one. like our hair, Graves. <laughs> um, I I've had like the same hairstyle for like for years. If you like go back to like pictures of me from when, like when I was like three, it's still like to the side parted like this, just because yeah. like my parents wanted it to be like that. I've experimented my, my, a little bit, but my hair has changed dramatically over the last like three years. Like COVID, I was one of those people that grew my hair out for the first time ever. COVID, look, I think I got nice hair and everything, but I cannot compete with this guy's flow. That is just the answer. Oh. I'm willing to fall on the sword. You're, here you're too kind. Graves, Graves is looking fresh <laughs> as hell. He's got. He's like, ask him for hair tips. I don't know, because that that like, whoosh, 
shit. Like, I can't do that. I can't it do just, that. It actually just grows this way now. Like, if I don't awesome. even. I just dry oh, it so, off, and so it good. just it naturally just kind of like. I don't know. I I gotta like. I remember I gotta this is gonna sound so strange, but when I met you in person at Madison Square Garden, I was so impressed at how like your hair like actually looks like that in real life. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh damn, gosh. it really does just sit like that. Like it's so. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not movie magic. That that's what it's like. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, logo tier list. Uh, I mean, it's just Tony Top first, and then everyone else yeah, Tony top after first. that. Um, else. You should check out Summer's halftime show on the the day that she did the NACL uh, promotion tournament, um, where actually she did a logo tier list of like all the different uh, like amateur weird logos that we had, which included like Tony Zeus Gaming. Um, oh my gosh. There, there were some other ones in there as well. Never fail to disappoint. Like like uh, University of Saint Trevor. Like that yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might have been in there as well. Yeah, just 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 a bunch of wild wild ones. Um, Every team that just randomly without Calamer's consent <laughs> uses Zuby as a as right. a logo. Like that, that, that has happened multiple times. <laughs> oh man, and, and and of course I think and of course DK Crew has to go up there at some point as well. Um, yeah. What was the most surprising thing that happened in the qualifiers? See, I I made sure to have an answer for all these questions coming in, and that one I kind of forgot to. <laughs> um, what is the? I mean, for me, uh, coming into the year, Native Gaming getting out in two quarterfinals in a row, and I know a little bit of format fuckery happened there. However, that was pretty surprising. Um, I'm still gonna say Supernova promoting, especially after Hyper left. Like coming into the year, I said they probably would have promoted once Hyper left. I would have never said that, and they did it, uh, and that is amazing for them. Other ones, I don't know, Rock Bottom, just, like, being casually the second-best team in qualifiers, I guess. Like, I don't know. I had them seated, like, 13th coming into the tournament, and clearly they were better than that. So uh, that's my rapid-fire, like, top three, maybe. Yeah. They're, the qualifiers had some very interesting moments. Rock Bottom was definitely one of them. Um other than that, um, I think just Supernova promoting, if that counts, like still, like we, we something I, that like, like we we're, really we're sitting here and we're like, oh, like I could not believe it. Gra <laughs> Grapes like DM'd me in a panic and was like, "There's a world in which like Supernova promotes and Hyper doesn't," and we're both like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, is that <laughs> hilarious? By the way, <laughs> yeah, like, the, promoted, the promoted guy. That's crazy, oh. man. Yeah, that that's that's probably that's probably one of them. Um, and then if we like want to get into some some other things, the fact that there was a there is a uh, known criminal that was owning one of the <laughs> teams God. that was that was also I forgot about that. <laughs> we don't have to delve that, on this any further, but that wanna... was what like convinced me that our life is a simulation. I could not believe that <laughs> that whole day was really surreal. Oh man, <laughs> it was a good one. All right, uh, let's head over to our next person who asked some questions. Shout out to Axeman87 who asked: This split, we get promotion relegation between tier three and tier two. What are the chances that we get the same between tier two and tier one at some point in the future? Also, how does Hawk Cast get his hair like that? Uh, and Speedy Grapes, does he have a ghostwriter for his sick bars? I will actually <laughs> answer this question first because I don't like the slander that you're throwing at me, Axeman. Uh, these are these are homegrown bars. I will say, shout out to Deseresx <laughs> for absolutely slaying it on the keys uh, for for giving me the beats for me to to write some stuff on. But I got I got to I got to make another music I video with Eric. It was a lot of fun. I have heard from Eric himself that 
the ideas for these are actually oftentimes not just his. Like you're the one that comes in with the bars and then Eric is just like, Oh, okay. I'll lay down a sick beat for you. If you yeah. want it, that is it was what the other Eric has told time, me. But... So, yeah, okay. Yeah. The other way around this time, but, but he said like the original DK crew video was your idea. I don't know if that's true, but you know, it, it's kind of just like one of those, like how did the Beatles <laughs> form kind of thing. Where right. Just, right. Exactly. Just, yeah. Of, really course, of course. Of course. You got to stay humble. You got to stay humble out there. Uh, how do I get my hair like that? That's an easy question. Uh, I wake up and then I kind of do like a little bit of that action and then it's done. I For for like special events, my girlfriend made me get this. <laughs> my girlfriend made me get curl cream wow. to like bring out the curls in my hair. I, I don't put it in every day because it was like $14 for this. Like I, I feel like this shit's like gold. Um, yeah, it's... It yeah a lot, of, a lot of hair care products that just cost it, it does money. work like if i ever if i ever have an important casting show or other show or like i don't know something mm -hmm. it, it look, makes my hair look good so that's how i get my hair like that <laughs> very nice <laughs> wow um in other serious news i guess although i'm still thinking about <laughs> are you telling me that wasn't questions. serious Grace? no no, no. Um, <laughs> i i had like i have like this like shampoo that like keeps my hair like a certain color and like prevents it from like turning super orange because i like dyed it uh and that was also like like 10 bucks and it, it's a lot of money Dude, um so expensive yeah. <laughs> yeah no i get um, i get head and shoulder shampoo and that stuff's not cheap either because i get i get i get i get flaky scalp anyway that's really <laughs> now you know that <laughs> yeah we're, we're going off the rails a little bit it's all right um promotion relegation between tier two and tier one i don't think happens ever because of the way that franchising has kind of established yeah, no. itself. Although I do think it would be fun to see like the challengers winner play up against like the, the team that like the last place LCS team, like a best of five and like <sighs> just kind of for, for bragging rights. But I don't, I don't know if the league would ever want to, would ever want to do that. They would not want to do that <laughs> because the, the bottom LCS team would never agree to that. That would be horrible for them. Yeah. I, I don't really have much to add to this. No, as long as franchising is a thing and I don't think franchising is going away. It would be fun. Uh, but imagine they like have to go up a gauntlet. Like the the challengers, the challengers league winner like plays a tenth place team, and if they win, they play the ninth place team. If they win, they play the eighth place team. They go all the way up until see like how far up the ladder they can go. <laughs> uh, that's a fun. That's a fun idea for off season. What what if like uh what if you know LCS teams aren't required to have a NACL team. They're just required to have at least one team, and you could get demoted from the LCS. So, like, if Dig oh. got demoted from the LCS, they would still have to have a Challengers team and try to promote back in, and Cloud9's just, like, chilling with two teams. I don't uh, know. Kind of like, like how, like, Premier League works, almost, where it's just, like, yeah, four different yeah. levels or something like that. Yeah, you know. I mean, I don't think the teams would ever agree to that either, <laughs> but it's fun to think about. <laughs> it's fun to talk about. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Axeman. Let's move on. Uh, Delphi, another fan of the NAMN podcast. Another, another member of the NAMN podcast. Hawk, you were on NAMN just a couple of weeks ago. It was a lot of and, fun. And uh, Delphi, of course, with her hard-hitting analytical questions, once again, <laughs> coming out with, how did Hawk become so handsome? And I think you need to answer this oh one God. yourself. Well, Delphi, I uh, I guess I'm just built like that. I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. I'm so sorry. I... I'm, that's gonna become like a that's 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 like a TikTok edit right now. That like is, yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta cam. release that as like a short video. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm just that guy. That's that's yeah. really my answer. I don't know what else to say to that. I really appreciate it. You're you're. Uh, I enjoyed being on your show and it, I had a lot of fun. And I yeah. I will <laughs> use this time to shout out all the other podcasts about League of Legends that a lot of these people are part of here. Of course, we got Saltmine with TDS earlier, Numi and Delphi with NA Men. Uh, our next uh, person who asked the question, Noxwar, um, also 
part of Flight Check, which yeah. is like the FlyQuest podcast. And Shibby, also a little, we'll be talking to him a little bit later, answering his questions a little bit later, uh, has a series where he interviews some people. Uh, I, I just listened to the episode with uh, Beatdown. It was a lot of fun. So yeah. Yeah, a lot of people making some good stuff. Um, keep it up, everybody. We're, 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 we're saving NA one, one podcast at a time that everyone kind of just listens to each other with. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> We can <Let's>, all like... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, we, we all get to listen to each viewership. other and tell each yeah. other how great we are, you know? <laughs> like, that's... Noxwar from Flight Check asked the question, what are y'all's <laughs> general thoughts on what it was like having these LCS provisional teams in the league now that the split is over? Are you glad that we had them in the league, or should we have had three other additional amateur orgs in the NACL from the very beginning instead? I do think that having the, like, independent organizations in the league it was like a very cool thing because um this was something that we talked about from episode one but these teams like had a very different goal that they had to achieve than any of the other teams in the league which was to win you know in on challengers rosters like your goal is to develop players and and like build stuff for the orgs i thought that was a very interesting dynamic with how that worked with also the lcs provisional teams because of the fact that you want to build to develop because you're like the LCS 13, but also you could get demoted. So that that was a, a pretty interesting thing. But I, I yeah. did like having the, the LCS provisional teams in the league. I wonder if, if some of them come back, especially with some of the recent news. But it was a cool it was a cool thing to have. Yeah, I, I just want to add to the podcast thing. I tried to get Avali May to watch our podcast. She said she'd never <laughs> heard of it, though. So damn <laughs> really I know. I was like, have you heard of Salty Run Back? And she's like, no. And I was like, oh. And she said, you look out for it. So, Avali, you better be watching Hey, this wow. Um, First episode. We're gonna, joining I'm going to tweet at you if you ever watch it. No, I, <laughs> she probably won't see it. Anyway, um, uh, answering the question, um, I think having the LCS affiliate that works is good. However, I actually think having independent orgs is better. Kind of talking about what you said, Grapes. Because I think that having a team like Wildcard, like Wildcard I mean, yeah, they want to develop talent, but, like, Wildcard wants to be fucking good, you know? Like, and and I think there's a lot of value in that. And, like, teams like Supernova, they have a lot of people that really are dedicated to the scene and passionate and care. And I think having them uh, playing at this level is is ultimately going to be really good for everyone um, because they're going to put together rosters that are just hungry to compete and prove themselves. And I think there's so much value in that. Um, kind of breaking out of the systems, in a way, uh, can be a good thing. So... I, I, I'm kind of neutral on the issue, but but I think um, I think these amateur orgs are gonna be are gonna be great. Now, should we have had them from the beginning? Like, no. I actually think Riot's logic of putting the LCS affiliated orgs in like makes a lot of sense. I think that was a smart thing to do because you don't want to piss off your LCS orgs, and theoretically they should be the best. So I don't think that was the wrong choice, but I'm excited for the teams that are now there. Yeah, it, I think I want to get into this a little bit later because there's another question that. I think we can continue to build off of this, but um, I, yeah, I don't know. It is kind of weird that all three of them are just gone now. Like those are the three orgs and TFT that just like got, yeah. you know, which granted out AOE AOE is affiliated with Golden Guardians, but yeah, that's true. The but still no three of four. I mean that's a pretty big number, uh, and the four yeah. of four hitting relegation is kind of crazy. So yeah, it kind of just goes to show like the the difference in in the 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 philosophy around building the roster and, and maybe the fact that they're treated the same w was a little bit uh, right. of a of a interesting Ooh. thing to, to keep track of and, and that it obviously resulted in, in what we see what we saw it, here 
and I don't want to dive too much down the rabbit hole with this, but also, like, even compared to last year, outside of CLG Faith, who unfortunately was not amazing, uh, like, 100 Thieves Next, like, IMT AOE, those kind of teams were, like, the top of amateur last year. So I think we sort of expected that again with the LCS pro uh, provisional teams, but it was they're just different roster construction, different things yeah. happening, so. So it's always a, a little interesting thing to, to talk about. Thank you very much, Noxport, for the question. I know he was very invested in that because FlyFam was, unfortunately, I know. Uh, knocked out. But I was so excited about FlyFam at the beginning of the year, too. I really was. But <laughs> Let, Let's head over to our next person. Uh, Gito, coach for Team Tony Top, asks, How much for Grapes Duck Song? <laughs> um, I mean, it's priceless. If you look at it like really closely, it's just marker. I literally just traced over it and, and drew. <laughs> I, I had this like really weird setup for this year for the way that like my PC and, and like background was like. It's actually just like a really shitty like wood background here. And so to fix it I like put black poster board over it. I added some like of like my drawings. I don't know, like from last year there was the whole I had like all the team logos and things like that. Uh, and and I added some. I added I added this little guy over here, which is and right next to the grapes as well. So it <laughs> works out. It looks great. Yeah, I but I kind of to answer the question, priceless. Yeah, I I mean I could I could make you one if you want. Like if you, <laughs> if, you, if, you if you ever if we ever cross paths, I will I will happily trace trace over another <laughs> thing on my computer and, and, and hand it over to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mad, Mad Magic was a very big fan of of the duck in the back, obviously. So, um, yeah, um, I will be will I will be moving out of this place um, by the time summer split starts. Uh, I don't exactly know the plan of like what things are gonna look like, but it's gonna it's gonna be different. So we'll we'll see if the the duck actually survives. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> on to uh, on to Shibby, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Our last our last person that asked some questions was Shibby Caster for the MEC. Uh, was very happy about Ottawa and making CBLOL it through. Unofficial English, the goat. CBLOL yeah. as well. Got to shout out my 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 homies. Shibby asked a lot of very hard hitting questions here. Yes. So the first one: good, What changes would mix. you suggest for the NACL NACLQ scene? What take were you afraid to say back then? That maybe you want to share now. Who's gonna win the NBA championship and your personal top five anime list all time? Not just an objective list. Your personal favorites. I'm gonna come off straight and say I don't know if I have five anime that I've like watched in entirety. So I don't know if I can fully answer that last question. But we can start off from the beginning, <laughs> if you want. Here, Hawk. What are some changes that you would suggest for the for the NACL scene? Uh, yeah. Should be really hitting us with some good ones, by the way. Um. What changes would I suggest? Biggest one for me is uh, different point values for NACLQ. I know we've talked about this on the show in the past, uh, but like the first tournament, the second tournament cannot be weighted the same. I don't want to see another rock bottom situation. I, th I do think first tournament should matter, and I do think there should be incentive to play in both. However, I, I, I think the second one's got to be weighted more, or, or, or like top two auto qualify, something like that um, to incentivize teams. I also, another thing, Potentially, I know promotion relegation currently is four on four. What if there was more NACLQ teams in there? So like, why like, does it have to be an even number? Like right? six and two, and then like yeah, the top two or, make it in. Um, or or like I don't I don't I don't like four could still promote, but what if there was just like it was like six against four or something like that? 
and like there was just more qualifier teams in the mix like maybe that would over bloat the tournament so maybe that wouldn't be worth it but yeah maybe make the provisional teams prove their their metal a bit more i don't know um that, that's just a random thought that i had literally just now the biggest one for me is the the qualifier point championship point value one that that's necessary i think i like the idea where like if you win the second tournament then you get start in like other stuff like yeah. waiting waiting wise like i'm not 100 percent sure on just because i'm not that good at math and like it might screw <laughs> over a team like uh like yeah I, I don't i don't really know for sure um because in a way it does kind of weigh the second tournament better in that if there was a team that finished quarters and then semis versus semis and then quarters the former team would make it because they finished semis in the later the the last tournament so in a way there already is kind of some weight but yeah. not enough where like if you're in the fir- if you miss the first tournament you you have don't really have a chance to get in which i think does kind of suck especially there's, there's because be something especially because like there are teams that kind of you know build live and die and, and like form like between these events and stuff like that um i think that would be a good change i i think my my biggest um thing that i would want to change here in, in this ecosystem is just making things like not conflict with each other so much whether that's uh, yes please yeah, like, wh- whether that's, of course, I'm, I'm okay with NACL and NACL qualifiers, like, taking place on the same day, because, obviously, you're never going to have somebody competing in both at the same time, um, but just all of this also, com- like, conflicting with CLOL, I think, caused a lot of issues this season. Yeah. Uh, we think back to, like, how Trickster, um, like, was out of LAN, and, like, his team wasn't able to compete, and that might have, like, screwed some people over, um, to even now that Maryville's in the NACL, um, they're, if they make top eight in CLOL, like there's a conflict there with week one NACL and top eight CLL. So I, I would just like to avoid like situations where, you know, obviously yes. um, having games on the weekends is always a good thing because people have other obligations. But if there's a world where people want to play in like two different leagues at the same time, just have them on different days. I, I think it worked okay in, in last, in the last years where we had like every day, there was like a different league going on. I understand why, we wanted to push more things to weekends, but maybe not everything can be on the same day. Yeah. I mean, I personally appreciated the qualifiers being on the weekends as opposed yeah, yeah. to Mondays and Tuesdays, so I didn't have to skip class to, to make shows. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm going to sit on a soapbox for a second and at risk of pissing off all of the collegiate Twitter directors and the amateur org managers. There's always a huge discussion about, like, what's the better path to pro, collegiate or amateur? And... I don't, I'm not going to answer that question because I don't think there is a better one. However, I do think that, like, weirdly, CLOL gets routinely, like, pushed under the rug a little bit by Riot until, like, now it's only top four uh, as far as, like, structuring. And I, I think creating a more robust framework and hype around CLOL would be so much better for the scene as a whole uh, because I got to be honest, I think it's at least as far as casual viewership, I actually think there's a much larger audience to be found in CLOL than there is yeah. an amateur because uh, collegiate and school viewership is really real. Um, and there's a lot of players out there that probably care a lot about their school and the schools that they're playing against more than they do against a- about amateur. And that's not to say that like, Oh, we should favor CLOL over amateur, but I, I feel like they're, I-, I would really like to see CLOL uh, given some more attention next year. Um, and by extension, high school leagues, like if there could be a developmental pipeline from high school to college to pro, yeah. Uh, with amateur alongside that, I, I think that would be an ideal world. Uh, and I think 
as far as sustaining the scene through future generations, getting kids excited about League of Legends like when they're 14 years old uh, and seeing that there's like a real way to move up in that uh, would be amazing. So that's my soapbox. Um, and so, yeah, let's not schedule CeeLo at the same time as things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to some coaches um, about this schedule and, and they were thinking, hey, you know, like Friday night is like when you go watch like high school football games. Maybe that's when you go watch CeeLo and then you can Fuck, play Friday dude. night. Oh, my like, God. That, like, someone, pretty, someone, cool. someone hire, hire Graves right now. Like, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What take that you were afraid to say back then that you can share now? That's a really fun one. Um, oh, man, I don't want to like I don't want to like shit on different teams and players and things like that but, <laughs> but I, they're all I really, negative they're all no, they have to be negative i, I really thought that a, a take that i was afraid to, to say was i thought that it was weird that teams like the lcs affiliated amateur teams or provisional the lcs provisional teams um like specifically clg faith and fly fam um built their rosters in, with such a developmental like core around it because that team was just kind of destined to get relegated and you were really banking on the fact that you improved yeah. enough that you would be able to um basically uh, i don't know survive as a promotion tournament in in a in a world where esports is just completely super volatile all the time um i think that it, it's weird because you of course want to have like your your like best better talent on the challengers rosters where you're getting they're, they're getting paid more they're you know in a better like ecosystem potentially uh but you also don't want to get relegated and so i thought it was like a really interesting dynamic i think tl almost like had like a, a good plan with that because i think a lot of their pieces were players that i thought like deserved promotions into the nacl and like it actually did make sense to see them there uh but uh, i don't know i think like hi i think bringing in like a bunch of like like a very new top side for FlyFam in Lunacia and and what was Goo at the time. Of course, Lunacia ended up working out. Goo didn't really as much. Um, and then for CLG Faith, bringing on a bunch of, of very very new players to to either different positions or like a, a level of play that they were never really on. I feel like that was very risky, and of course, it, it didn't really pay off for them. And so that was something that was a little bit. I wasn't sure like how it was actually going to pan out, but now after we saw the promotion tournament, I can say. You, you really need to build to win if you're one of these teams that can get relegated yeah. or else you're just going to get relegated. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm in agreement with you on that. I don't really have much to add to that one. I'll share my takes instead. Um, uh, I have two. One is that coming into the split, I thought Immortals Challenger would be dog water, and they were. <laughs> two. Was that that's, a hot that's take, that, That's the take. Um, what? Was that a hot take? Was that really a hot take? I didn't say it. I mean, <laughs> so whether or not it's a hot take, I don't know. But I was, like, afraid to call any teams dog water, but they were. Uh, I, I mean, I rated them really low on my tier list, though. So maybe yeah. maybe I was uh, was pretty aware of that. Anyway, I'm saying it again uh, because I didn't really hammer it on that much. But I was like, I, I think ADD as an import was questionable at best. Um, And then the big one. It was a take that I actually did say, but I was too afraid to stick to my guns on. Coming out of the split, and I think in the very, very first episode of Salty yeah, Rollback, if I'm like not mistaken. One of, the, one of the first headlines of all time. Yeah, I said that Maryville would be by far, or something like that, by far the best team in, in uh, qualifiers, something like that. Something to the effect of they're going to be the best, and I was pretty confident in it. And then I like kind of got talked out of it when I was on seating committee or not like not talked out of it, but I was like not confident enough in my opinion to like stick to it. And 
I'm not going to claim that because, like, I wasn't confident enough, but I wish I was because I remember when before I, like, got too heady about it and just coming in and, like, having viewed Maryville's performances in tournaments over winter, I was like, I actually think this team is super, super, super cracked. And looking at, like, names and who everyone else is, I was like, I think this is going to be the best team, hands down. Uh, and I was right but then I wasn't confident enough in it. So that was sort of mine that I wish I held on to, and that is a good note for me in the future that as a pundit in the scene, I should be more confident in my opinions and be willing to be wrong instead of backing down from them. So yeah. there you go. Lessons for Hawk as a uh, as a, as a as a broadcaster. <laughs> yeah, Min Minui and Trevor still proved me very wrong. I thought that they were going to be Yeah, bad, yeah, there you go. So <laughs> like I guess And we we were we were pretty we were I mean, you especially, I was pretty, you're pretty I was pretty, you're pretty firmly yeah. planted on that hill, yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes we're wrong, you know. And and yeah. I mean, it's it's fun to be wrong, I think. So Who who's going to win the NBA championship though, Hawk? I know you know you don't follow basketball too much, but this is actually is pretty interesting. <laughs> Did the did the Wizards make the playoffs? They they did not. Not by Damn. a long shot. <laughs> that, uh, that sucks. I don't know. I don't follow the NBA. Okay. They're uh they're my home team, my hometown team. Shout out the Wizards. They always suck. Um, this will please whoever's watching that watches basketball. But man, Jimmy Butler is going crazy in Miami right now. Uh, I don't think that they win, but that's a really fun story to watch. Huh. I think it's either the Celtics or. I might give it to the Suns, actually, uh, in Phoenix. Ooh. They got my boy Kevin Durant, who, of course, as a Brooklyn fan, I'm a little bit sad that he's not part of Brooklyn <laughs> anymore. But I, I like, I of course want to want to support him, and um, they they have I think lost one game with him in the in the lineup. So um, God uh, they damn. they look they look pretty scary right now. Uh, yeah, uh, top five anime list of all time. I I, I preface this. I don't really have. I don't I don't I don't watch too many, but yeah. Hawk, if you wanna if you wanna I, I throw can hit some this out one. there. Yeah. I, just for the record, if anyone has a college basketball question, like I'm your guy. Uh NBA, not your guy. Um I do guys, I promise I like traditional sports. I'm not just a nerd. Uh just not ba basketball's like the one. Um anyway, I uh okay. I need to like make sure I have this. Okay. Uh top five. Uh, probably in order, but not super confident on that. Uh, number five, Bungo Stray Dogs. Number four, High Q. Number three, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. No, sorry, Mob Psycho 100. Number two, Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, number one, Violet Evergarden. Uh, that wow. is that final one is based on how many times the show made me cry, um, which is far too many to count. Dang. So it's number one. Dude, that show, watch it. it. It's only 13 episodes long. It's on Netflix. It will fuck you up. It'll make you very sad. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, I have watched Haikyuu. Uh, that was going to be one of them. That show is, is great. That show's banging. Dude, um, I'm so ready for the, the, the final last two movies season. to come out. Yeah. Well, it's not a season. It's going to be two, just two movies. movies. Right, right. Yeah. Um, um, they have a lot to like catch up on, though, with like the manga. I don't know how they're going to do that in two movies, but... Um, I've heard I've heard good stuff about Mob Psycho as well. One of my friends like a really big fan of it. I've I've watched some of it, but I've I've I probably should catch up on that as well. Um, I've watched um I've actually been watching Blue Lock recently as well. Like another sports anime. It's like um I've heard that is really good. It's pretty good. It's not as I don't think it's as like hype as like Haikyuu, but it's like it's like kind of like a sports anime, but like 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 a weird twist on it where it gets kind of. 
This is so random, but I feel like I saw Rafa tweet about Blue Lock. Like, I think he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah, I was watching it before. Actually, I I watched the first episode while I was in New York for for Worlds. Um, nice. So that, that was that was when I got that started. But I still have to catch up on like the last couple episodes. But that is basically the extent of my of my anime. So you're big big sports anime guy. History. Yeah, just just a couple of them. But nice. Yeah, I think that's that, that's valid. I think that's all of our questions as well. Wow, we went a little bit over time. It. I know. Good, it was a good time. We, Thank we you, everybody, for submitting questions. Yeah, seriously. Uh, shout out, everyone. We, we we are glad that you all are so passionate about the show and wanted to have questions. I think, I mean, a lot of a lot of great ones, a lot of flattering ones, like we said. Um, but, Grapes, gonna, unless you got anything else, I'll send us out here. Uh, I'm going I'm to be thinking about my hair forever now um <laughs> thank Gra- you everybody. grace is gonna go to grace is gonna go to bed tonight with a smile on his face no nah, you all nah. made him happy thank, thank um, you everybody for for a great season um yeah. we may or may not be back next week depending on you know if we if we are if we have enough time and also if like the news cycle is, is pretty big hey who knows we'll pop in uh, other than <laughs> that expect some content leading up to the start of summer we have some plans in the works we don't want to like reveal everything to just yet because we're not 100% sure how things are going to go down, but you'll, you'll be seeing us sooner rather than later. But overall, a really great spring split and, and a really great opening season, I guess, to Salty Runback. It was a lot of fun, Hawk. Yeah, we had a great time. Um, and we will definitely be back in the summer split if we're not back next week. Like Grape said, um, maybe crazy things will happen and we'll be back on. But if it's just C-Low Top 16, we probably couldn't get a whole episode out of that, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, because the space is definitely ever-changing. But... With all that being said, you will most certainly see more of both of our handsome faces, according to the community. Uh, but make sure you follow us on all of our social media, at Salty Runback Pod on all platforms. You can email us uh, at saltyrunbackpod at gmail.com if you have even more questions or, I don't know, you want to send us something that would make us smile even more. We'd really appreciate that. Um, be sure – well, we don't – I don't actually have anything to plug for us. Normally, I have something to plug for us, but be sure to tune in to see a little Top 16. Uh, going to be it's on happening. Battle. Battlefy, uh, Battlefy B and Battlefy C, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, know. Who, I don't, I don't actually really, know. I don't really know. Dude, I have <laughs> no idea who's covering this. Um, we will find out. Grapes and I don't know either. We'll, we'll retweet find, it, so follow we will, us. We will, yeah, we'll, we'll tweet it. Follow us on all of our socials, at Hawkcast, at Speedy Grapes. But with all that being said, uh, if you think that, uh, I, I don't know, that uh, Haikyuu is a bad anime, you can take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but also you're a dumb dumb if you think it's a bad anime. I've been Hawk, that's been Graves. Have a great night.